I'm David Madsen, and this is Primetime 89, a chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. In grade school, it's fair to say that Lonnie and I ran in separate crowds. She was more involved with and excelled in music and academics, while I preferred sports and social activities. As one would expect, for someone who graduated near the top of her class, she would build a successful life, both personally and professionally. <laughs> how's, how's things been going over there? It's funny because I'm not sure the last time I talked to you, I said we were going to go up one tier. Yeah. And then actually we ended up going two tiers yeah. with COVID. Oh no. So the rate has been, you know, definitely increasing. So, I mean, I'm not surprised if, you know, sooner or later it's going to be some lockdown okay. again, like in the beginning. Yeah. Gosh. So why don't we get started then? Kids will be kids. Lonnie shares some of her memories growing up with her cousins and an oops moment. So where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in the Aina Haina area. There weren't many kids around. Mm-hmm. We were probably closest to our neighbor, you know, an older couple, and they had a pool, so we would go over there quite often. And then their kids were older, but the daughter was almost like sort of an older sister. Mm-hmm. And she would, you know, kind of do bake with us sometimes and do activities with us. So my grandma on my mom's side, she lived in Kaimaki, and that was like, the house that everyone would go to or uh, meet at. The Tam Singh grandma? Yeah, that, it, right, exactly. We would see my cousins quite often. I was the youngest in my family, just my older brother and myself, and I always wanted a younger sibling. Jeff, well, you know Jeff. He was like my little brother. I loved it when I saw him because he was my little younger brother and I would take really good care of him. Two of my mom's brother's kids, we'd see them quite often there at the house usually. I just remember because there were so many of us, we would hang outside a lot. Whenever we would have parties uh, during holidays and we would all get together and sometimes birthdays and the the boys would have like some flag football game and someone would always get mad. (laughs) You know, there was always some drama. (laughs) But my girl cousin, uh, Noi, Noi and I, you know, we'd just be on the sidelines and... (laughs) kind of cheering them on and you know just watching everything unfold so it was kind of funny so usually about 11 kids roughly were usually there well that's a good amount that, that's that enough to, to get into some mischief outside oh, during family parties. Yeah. my daughter had to interview me recently too for school so it was just like a, like a five minute interview and then she asked about you know something like this like well, but were there any like shenanigans that you did as a kid or whatnot. And then it it just reminded me of a story that it was one of the Easter's that we had and there were all of us and we decided to hide eggs in the house, but we decided to hide real hard boiled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And so someone went and hid them and, you know, we, we found that we thought we found them all, but there apparently was one that we hadn't. And then soon after the house just started to smell <laughs> and it turned out. So my mom's oldest brother lived with my grandma and it was in his closet, but he still couldn't find it. And it was like, he was so mad. <laughs> it was like, it was like, 
smelled like really bad. It was a like rotten egg. And we were all like, oh, oops, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Poor guy. After that, we're like, okay, we won't do that again. <laughs> well, so on my dad's side, they lived in like Kaneohe side. So we didn't see them as often. Mm-hmm. We, again, we'd get together for holidays with those cousins. They had this guest room. And so we would take turns. Like half the cousins would go in into that bedroom and then like make a haunted house. So we have blankets and pillows. And then, you know, when it was ready, then you'd open the door and it's dark and then you have to crawl around and they try and scare you. And then the other half would go and do it. And I remember I didn't like it. I was like scared, but you know, you got to do it too. I didn't see them as often. I wasn't as close to them, but you know, we still had, a, we still had fun. When I think of Lani, the first thing that comes to mind is academic success. But that's not entirely fair because there's so much more to her than just being smart. Really smart. Um, So I went to a small private elementary school, Epiphany School in Kaimaki, just like a block away from my grandma's house. And in the second grade, so you'll be on the honor roll if you make all A's and B's. Mm -hmm. So at the end of second grade, I was on the honor roll. And then the whole school, it goes from kindergarten to fifth grade. So the whole school congregates in the little chapel. And then I remember my teacher, you know, was up there and then she called my name. And so I had to walk up to get the certificate, honor certificate. And I got it. And that moment, like in my head, I said, I'm going to get on the honor roll every year. (laughs) For me, that was like this, this like light bulb moment where I was like, you know, I'm going to do good in school. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, Self-moving. and that really has pushed me. Yeah, yeah, my my whole life since then. And my mom, she said, she was lucky that for me, definitely, she didn't really have to push me at all. Yeah. I think my brother, she kind of had to push somewhat. Mm-hmm. Made your parents' job a lot easier too, because you just got that in you, right? Yeah. What was Lonnie involved with in school? I couldn't tell you because we never had any classes together. She shares about her curricular and extracurricular activities and a meaningful conversation she had with a classmate. How do you think your classmates will remember you from high school? (laughs) Okay, well, they'll probably remember me mostly because they'll just say like I was smart or something. But (laughs) the funny thing, when I think about that, I was like, you know, in high school, I had this really awkward stage, you know, this like awkward teen stage, like, you know, the big glasses, the braces, <laughs> this like curly permed hair. And I'm like, you know, I don't think most people would recognize me, honestly. And they don't because, yeah, I think I look way different. <laughs> um, and I was really introverted. Um, I was very shy. You know, I had my little small group of really close friends and then maybe you know a slightly larger group beyond that but Mm -hmm. you know i don't i didn't really talk to many to a lot of people i knew who they were but you know i just sort of was in my own little bubble almost i think so i know for a fact that we were never in any classes together (laughs) (laughs) that there's no way i would have been in any of your math classes or your physics (laughs) classes or chemistry. I don't even know if I ever spoke to you. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever even said anything to you before. (laughs) 
you know, but but I remember you from high school. I don't ask me how or what, but you know, it's like the name. Maybe it's the name because it's so unique. You know, Lonnie Lynn Lau. Do you have anything that you saved from high school? Any mementos? So I still have my room back in my parents' house. I have this sort of like a bookcase, and so there are some things on the shelf that's been sitting there for many years that I just leave on the shelf since I, you know, my parents haven't asked me to move it, but there's like the prom glass, uh, the prom glasses. <laughs> I think I have that some, some like um, yarn and feather lays mm-hmm. from like graduation and whatnot. It's a few other things, but you know, I mean, I kind of just look at it and then look away. It's not <laughs> like I stand there like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I have is our t-shirt that we got from the freshman run about that run so you know I wasn't very athletic um, in high school and then um, but my goal was to do the run in two hours you know which is pretty slow but anyway because that was my goal Mm -hmm. and I made it I crossed the finish line and it was like one hour 59 minutes and so many seconds and I was like yeah I made it (laughs) you know then now I calculated like wow that's kind of a slow run but okay you know I did it (laughs) (laughs) well so that means that you're you're a better version of yourself right now you know I'm better more athletic and fit good for you (laughs) my biggest memory from the run was jogging next to Jamie Barboza one of the the water stations she just began to erupt in cheers right so you know we looked at each other like is it something we did but it was the first girl coming through and and so you know i'm like oh i better get out of here <laughs> i can beat my girls if you could relive one moment from high school what would that be and why i had a lot of fun during my senior year actually that was probably the best year in high school well i was in leadership I forgot, I was like class treasurer or something. So there were all the, the officers and we would, you know, have to plan the activities. And that was kind of fun. Like I like planning like little parties and like, events, played the violin. And it's funny because then after that, I didn't touch it for you know, 20, 30 years and my daughter started taking it. So I picked it up again, but then there were clubs. There was, you know, Ch- Chinese club, Japanese club, all these little clubs. You know, in PE, you could, in high school, you could choose different activities you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So Colleen and I signed up for badminton. And, you know, we were, we were freshmen. So, you know, we're tiny. And there were seniors in the class as well. There was Ren Westcote, Taylor's brother. Yeah. He was like a senior. So there were two, two of them. You know, they were on a team. Colleen and I were on a team. And then toward the end of the session, there was like these playoffs, two teams would play, right? And the winner would move on. Colleen and I got to the finals against the two seniors. And the reason why we got to the finals was because, you know, we, we were short. We couldn't jump up and slam, slam the birdie down. We would lob it right over the net, really close to the net. And, you know, it's really hard to scramble and, and, and get it. Mm-hmm. So that's how we made it to the finals. So it was the two seniors who were just slamming the birdie down and the two of us just lob it over, but they caught on. So yeah. they, they knew every time they would run up to the net. And so they ended up winning, but you know, we were so proud. We're like, yeah, that the freshmen, you know, we made it. Well, for years. I hated PE, totally hated it. But that, that was one really good memory. <laughs> awesome. That yeah, sounds like a lot of stuff you're uh, involved in and, 
keep you busy and and interested in in stuff. We try and do that with our kids too because from experience, I, I know that uh, basically keep the kids busy and they stay out of mischief. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's worked well for mine anyway. <laughs> Was Jonathan valedictorian? Yeah, Jonathan, then I think me, and then Brad, but something yeah. like that. No, but I'm pretty sure it was Jonathan Chalk. Okay. Oh, no, I, I, I totally <laughs> oh, okay. because you're up but, there. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you were on that, you know, gold, silver, bronze stage. So you, know, you <laughs> definitely know who your compatriots are there. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for that, Phil. If you could have one of your former teachers be your child's teacher too, who would that be and why? You know, I really enjoyed math. And... If I didn't go into medicine, I probably would be a math teacher. And so, you know, the one teacher that sticks out in my mind, there was Mrs. Yamamoto. She was kind of serious and straight-laced. She knew I enjoyed math. And, you know, we, we just sort of clicked. She, you know, she always remembered me, and she would always ask how I was doing. And, you know, so that was, that was nice. So she made a big impression on, on you. She I did. Like. She did. So if you could have lunch with a classmate you didn't know well in high school who would that be and why yeah so I was thinking about it and I think who would be is um Brooke Lee Miss Universe <laughs> well, I, I can think of a lot of reasons why I'd like to have lunch with Brooke Lee, but why don't you uh tell me why you would no so you know I never had anything really to do with her and then right after we graduated uh, Kamehameha represented Hawaii at the at the Asian Pacific Exposition in Japan, in Fukuoka, Japan. So there were a bunch of students that had gone over and they danced, they did the hula, they sang, and Brooke was one of them. And I got to go because we were supposed to be like these Japanese interpreters. I couldn't interpret a single thing. Because they talk so fast. <laughs> and, you know, I was good at the bookwork, but not conversing. So that was funny. And anyway, you know, most people could speak some English. A lot of the students knew some Japanese. So, but Brooke was, um, she was there. She was one of the students who entertained. And I remember once um, we were in a dorm. And so she was in a room with me. There were, there were a few, a bunch of us. And at that one time, I was in the room and she happened to be in the room and she just started talking to me. Like I had never said anything to her before. And here it's like, wow, you know, like she's talking to me. you know. <laughs> and it was, you know, and she was just really nice and it was really cool. Yeah. So since then, you know, I haven't seen her except for on TV or something, you know, she really was a nice person and to just start talking to me, you know, I was so shy to, yeah, that's why, you know, I like to get to know her better. Name, one thing that hasn't changed about you since high school? I'm still small. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still petite. I'm only 4'11". So I didn't, I didn't grow much since high school. <laughs> <laughs> I still have few friends that I'm very loyal to. Uh -huh. Like I don't have like a lot of friends, but those that I do, you know, I'm, I'm kind of close to. So that's kind of similar. What are some of the misconceptions you had about what life after high school was going to be like? Like I had mentioned before, I think I was really in a bubble in high school because I'm sure, you know, 
I was like, my mom likes to say I, I was a late bloomer. I was just very naive. You know, I was like, probably like scared of boys, right? So I like, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't even think of having like a boyfriend. And everything was just, you know, do well in school to reach my goal. I want to be a doctor. You know, everything was just like, like that. So I didn't really think about, geez, the whole world and what's going on. I, I lived in my own little small world and I did fine. My daughter, Catherine, has a love for science and an interest in medicine. Sure, it would make sense for me to answer the questions she asked about the field, but she'd rather ask Lonnie. Sure. Thank you for letting me interview you. Oh, it's time. Um, so I was wondering what schools did you go to um, for college and medical school? For college, I went to this small college in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called Creighton University. It's pretty popular in the Midwest, and actually a lot of Hawaii students go there. And the reason why I chose there, because, you know, everyone's like, Omaha, Nebraska, you know, why you want to go there? My brother was going there. There were a lot of Hawaii students when I was there. There was a Hawaii club. It had like 100 students. And so just knowing that I could go there and know people, it felt more reassuring for me. They have a good medical school. They have dental school, law school, business, pharmacy. You know, they offer all of that, too. That's where I went for undergrad. And then I was lucky enough that I got into UH Medical School. So then I was there for four years. What were some of your study strategies you used? I kind of just didn't have a problem sitting there and studying. <laughs> I, I'm not a procrastinator, so I would always get things done ahead of time. Because if I procrastinated, I would just get really nervous and stressed. So one thing is, you know, if, if I knew I had an assignment, like I need to get it done as soon as I can, and then I can always revise. But for me, you know, if I had to sit there one, two, three hours and study, I was able to do it. Like I can't do it now, but at that time I, I could. But everyone is different, you know. You know, you could take little breaks. That's important. Listen to music, snacks or whatnot. But I think the main thing is if you're sitting there and it's not going in and you're just wasting time, then that means you need to get up and you need to take a break. Have you ever been um, in a study group and was it like helpful being with people? In medical school, I was in a study group. There were five of us and it was helpful when you have to take notes and you might miss something. Someone else may have that information. Someone else may have covered something else that you didn't see, you didn't study. And then just to talk about it, verbalize it, it, it just helps to get it into your brain even more so. Is there any advice that you'd give to any future doctors? You know, I would probably recommend if you can, like volunteering. You know, hospitals are always looking for volunteers or, or any kind of like, you know, summer camp that's health related or, or, or whatnot if you can get involved in some research project, if you can find your passions early, great. And what advice would you give to your younger self? I probably would say, you know, like I was always like study, study. Like that was like the main goal for me always, you know, since I was young. Do good, get all those A's. I kind of wish that I could just relax a little more, <laughs> do more things, get involved in, in even more things.
how are you going to stand out, right, from everyone else? You know, it's it's a hard, long road, a lot of studying, but at the end, if it's really what you want to do, I mean, it's going to be totally worth it. If I had to do it over again, I would. I would go into medicine again. Thank you so much, Auntie Lynn. Yeah. No, anytime. One summer, I did a project with the, the Pacific. It's called Pacific Health Research Institute. Mm-hmm. And it was um, based near Straub Hospital. And I applied for some summer research program. And so I, I got a position. So I, you know, they said, well, what are you interested in? So I just said, well, you have something in radiology. And then I got hooked up with a nuclear medicine doctor at Queens. There was a medical student at UH who was doing a project there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of worked with him and just did sort of like little scut work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so then another summer, I worked in a radiology file room at Straub. Okay. And it was crazy. It was really, really super crazy because that's when you had the big folders with all the films and it's like... You know, I'm like struggling, carrying them. Mm-hmm. It was like super busy at the time. So that's how I sort of got my feet wet. Mm-hmm. And then in medical school, when you have to start deciding, you know, I'm just like, okay, no surgery, <laughs> no beguine. Like I really like peds, but I can't deal with sick, really sick kids. Uh-huh. So I'm like, no. Right. So you start crossing everything out. Mm-hmm. And I was actually left between radiology and I was actually thinking psychiatry. Yeah. So I did some electives, and then I was like, okay, no psychiatry. <laughs> okay, why psychiatry and why psychiatry no? I'm not sure what it was, like, about psychiatry necessarily. The part that scared me was just those patients that are just really scary, and they're just, they, they're not thinking. They're just, whether they're, you know, they just have mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then we would have to go into the wards, psych wards, and it was kind of scary, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm small, and then I, it just scared me, and I was like, you know, I. I shouldn't be scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, your job. This is what I want to do. So I crossed that out. Mm-hmm. And just radiology sort of fit my personality. And then I just, the more I found out about it. I mean, when, when you take the radiology electives, right, you're sitting there, you know, in back of the radiologist and they're over there dictating and, you know, you're just trying to stay awake, right? And you're just like, how can they do this? And it's a dark room. But it's so different when you're there, when you're doing it. Yeah. And you have to be alert and there's just so much to see, so much to know. And it just really keeps you on your toes. And then, you know, they would say they, everyone seemed to be happy in radiology, you know, had a pretty good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it, I, then I just found it really interesting. My mom said, I'm a late bloomer. So it really was in medical school where, where I came out and you, you sort of had to, because now you're seeing patients in third year med school, you have to talk. And I was just with a fun group of uh, students too. My my class in mid school, we we had we did a lot of stuff together, and that's when I really came out of my shell. I still consider myself sort of on the shyer, introverted side. If if like one on one meeting people is not so bad, but if I'm in a big group, like I don't like to. You're not the talker. Speak if I don't have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I think I'm way different than I was back then. It would have been nice if I could have been more open like I am now back then, but, you know, I wasn't and you know, it's fine. Well, when it came time to decide to lay roots down in California, how did you come to that decision? You know, was there, was there any deliberation or it was just like, you know, California, you know, here or bust? I had always wanted to go back home. Mm -hmm. I always was like, yep, you know, 
I'm going to live and, and work there after training. And so during my fellowship, that was in San Francisco, mm-hmm. I applied. It's almost like another year residency, but we did MRI and CT of musculoskeletal, the chest and the body, okay. the abdomen. So I accepted a job and it was toward the end of that year, my fellowship year, that I was like, wow, I, I kind of really like it here <laughs> in, in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sad to leave. But I had already accepted a job and I was like, okay, no, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. So I actually worked back home for a couple of years. Okay. It was for a private group and it was um, really busy though. And mm-hmm. I would work like almost every other weekend because there were so many hospitals to cover. What, what years were that? So that would be 2003 through 2005. Okay. Okay. Back then, was it computer imaging or was it still films? Some of the hospitals were, most, I'd say, were actually films. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'd have to take overnight calls. So it was really busy. Then in 2005, I decided to move back up here. Then I got this job at Kaiser Santa Clara. So I've been here for 15 years now. And at first I came back and I was like, okay, I'm only staying here for a year and then we're going to go back. But then it just grew on me and, you know, I love it here. (laughs) I don't see going back maybe at all. If I were to go back, I always said it's because of family. Mm -hmm. For me, my situation, yeah, it it was mostly personal. Now, like, if I had the opportunity to, to go back, would I? And the thing is, like, as I mentioned, I work less. I get paid more. The group that I'm with is is great. We're you know we we work together so well. We're flexible, and there's just like so much to do here. The Bay Area, like I mentioned, I love it. The weather, it, the close proximity to a lot of different things. I can drive to the beach, to the mountains, go skiing, yeah. right? Um, drive down to LA. I mean, I love my job, friends, family. If you have support in the area, which I do. Everyone's situation is different. Mm-hmm. You know, there are all these different pros and cons. So I think if you just lay everything down and weigh everything and do what feels right. It was wonderful catching up with Lonnie after all these years. And despite having very different interests in high school, we ended up in similar careers. No matter how different we may have seemed in high school, we really had more in common than we knew. Right, Lonnie? Uh, Lonnie? So you're a radiologist then? (laughs) Yes, I am. In radiology, you have to know a lot of different things. You're covering the whole body, you know, any possible disease that could exist. My job entails looking at pictures, images of body parts, and seeing if there is any disease, if it's abnormal. So I look at x-rays, at ultrasound images, CT and MRI images. And I used to look at mammograms. So we look at these pictures of the body and I have to diagnose all kinds of things. There's a lot to look at. <laughs> it's a long residency. It's, it's five years altogether. And you study a lot <laughs> because of it. You have really no patient contact. And again, that goes with my personality being on the quieter side. It is quite an academic field and it's very visual. 
because that's really, you're just using your eyes. And I'm, I'm a very visual person. I've especially noticed that recently because someone in my house always can't find something. One of my kids, my husband, and I notice, like, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I just saw it. It's over there. Or, okay, let me look. And I, I always find it. We used to do like eight hour calls. Now, a lot of us will split it up with someone else's just four hours to make it a little more bearable. Mm-hmm. Before we, we, when we were called, we have to be in the hospital. Now we can take off from home, but then you have to drive in and do the exam. Yeah, it can get super stressful. Do you have, you know, an experience in medicine that was really moving? So during my fellowship, so there was a lot of pathology, which when you're uh, in, in training, it's, it's great. And so I was on my ultrasound rotation. And the nice thing is there, we would be able to scan the patients ourselves. So we, we learned how to scan. It was just a quick baby scan. And she was like, I don't know, eight weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she was going to go up to meet this new OB, her new OB. So I started scanning. And this was like a textbook case where you never see it in real life. So it's, it's anencephaly, which mm-hmm. basically there's the baby. Baby's moving, you know, eyes. There's nothing here. No skull, no brain. But because there's the brain stem, the baby can breathe, the baby can move. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, part of me is like, this is so cool. You know, this yeah. is like, you never see this. Oh, my gosh. Like, just like in the textbook. And the other part is like, oh, my gosh. Right? I mean, it's like so heartbreaking. Um, but that really sticks out to me. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. And, you know, she had no idea what was going on. Times where it's like you're excited, but at the same time, that human aspect, right? It's like, okay, I really got to dial it down. And it's more important that I communicate with them as a person. Wow. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. What are some of the stranger things you've seen in your practice? Coins. Yeah. A nail or screw. Mm -hmm. He had put in his belly button. It was there for the past two days, and it was, like, painful. So they wanted to see if it perfed. Okay. But, yeah, pencils was really strange. I've seen one with a bunch of pencils swallowed. Oh, um, like, swallowed. Like full, like, full-length Like, long pencils, yeah. Some weird stuff. And then you, you see a lot of pictures of, like, really weird stuff. <laughs> so I figured you'd be on the front lines of, you know, discovering a lot of interesting things on imaging and films and stuff. All right. What's a good day on the job like? Okay. So good day <laughs> would be, there's like a whole bunch of us working and yes, it's not that busy. Most of us would be in the hospital. Then we would go over to each other's office and chat and then we get free lunch. So we have a good lunch. We get free lunch. Well, our department, our department pays for it. You got to tell me about this lunch. Because we work, we work through lunch. That's why we have an eight through four. Work day because we work through lunch because they're always scanning. Lonnie, I want to be a radiologist at, at your department. Can I? I, I may be our certified. <laughs> it's oh, it's kind of the same. <laughs> we now cover the lunches for radiation oncology. They come over to our department and pick their lunches up because oh, now oh. we're we're sort of overseen by the same you know yeah. head. So um, a good lunch would be Fridays Thai food. Oh. Or Tuesdays. Every other Tuesday, we have pizza. Oh. <laughs> anything, anything. Oh my gosh! Free food is always the best tasting food of all. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your comfort food? I don't know what really what my comfort food is, but I like sweets. I like desserts. 
<laughs> that would be my favorite. Like I could eat a small meal, just eat a salad, but then, you know, I, I want like a good dessert. Once I have like my sweet or my dessert or something, then I'm usually pretty satisfied and then that's it. How do you like your eggs? Uh, scrambled. Scrambled. With ketchup. Okay. You know, or, or I don't mind omelets that would have vegetables and meat or something in it. But yeah, otherwise it's just scrambled eggs with ketchup. I try and watch what I eat. You know, we're getting older now, right? Our, our metabolism isn't as good. So, I mean, I do watch, I, I try and watch my carbs. Um, and I like vegetables. So that, that, that's not a problem, you know, instead of eating like full meals, like my husband, you know, he was raised like just full breakfast, lunch, dinner, that's it. Whereas I'm like snack here and there, little meals, kind of like just snack all day. I, I, I don't need as much meat as, as before. Uh, what's, what's your favorite dish? You know, something that, that you, you always like to eat or it fills you up just right. That's kind of a hard one. You know, I'm not really a foodie. And so, which is good. And neither is the rest of my family, pretty much. So, which is kind of good because I'm not that great of a cook. <laughs> so that works out just fine. <laughs> Do you guys go out to eat very often? Is, is that uh, something? Yeah, you, usually at least once a week. You know, now we, we'll get takeout. Fair enough. I mean, you know. I like my Chinese food. Yes. We get that almost once a week, our, our Chinese takeout, you know, okay. not too far from here. So what do you guys normally order, Chinese takeout? Like a chow fun, you know, vegetable, like a, a steamed tofu. It's, it's more Cantonese type, like what we would get at home. Because yeah. they have also the northern Chinese here, which is the spicier. But we don't really eat spicy, so we stay away from that. Okay. We definitely like the lemon chicken and then the, uh, the orange chicken. Would that be more northern? I'm not sure. It's probably more just American, <laughs> Americanized Chinese. <laughs> How do you take your coffee? You know, the only kind of coffee I'll drink is like Frappuccinos with, you know, iced coffee with lots of sugar and cream. You know, in medical school and residency, when you have to stay up, it was Pepsi for me. Pepsi, all that sugar. I mean, now I try to stay away from the soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You seem like you're, you know, super energetic enough that you probably don't need a little bit of an extra pick-me-up to, to get going in the morning. Well, once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you walk into a restaurant to meet some friends and um, fully stocked bar. What's your drink of choice? Well, you'll probably be disappointed because I really don't drink <laughs> much. If I had to get something, it probably would be like a strawberry daiquiri, n n nothing, no hard liquor or anything for me. <laughs> and, you know, now I'll just drink a, a little bit of wine if somebody is getting something. The funny thing is, I drank the most alcohol in medical school because, well, you know, right, you have like the first year, it's like you have three big tests mm -hmm. during the year. And it's, and so all the other weeks, we'd go to the bars, you know, we'd have parties. It was like a lot of fun. And so I drank the most during med school. And then wow. um, since then, yeah, I, I don't really drink much at all. Do you, do you have a health routine, an exercise routine, a diet routine? I'm off Mondays and Wednesdays. So I work three days a week and plus any call and, and evenings, uh -huh. evening work. So on the, my Mondays and Wednesdays, I used to do kickboxing class oh. and then on Wednesdays I go to the Y and I would do Zumba and a bar class Wow! and so I like taking classes 
and exercising with others. It's, it's more fun and more motivating sure. rather than just exercising on my own. And then now since um, COVID, I've just been doing online kickboxing through the studio three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays. It's a really good exercise, good cardio, and you know, I'm just trying to keep in shape. So our line of work is stressful sometimes. What do you do to unwind? Working out mm-hmm. helps a lot. Yep. Even just hanging out with the kids. You know, I do like Nerf Gun Wars with my son. Nerf Gun Party sounded pretty cool. I was going to say, was that in the house or outside the house? Well, we do, because no one else will play pretty much with my son. Yeah. Right? 10 years old, all these Nerf guns. So I, I play with him. We play in the house. My daughter's a dancer, you know dance around or something little dance parties we started doing this like dance workout thing yeah so we have fun <laughs> and then you know i started baking recently yeah yeah and sleep uh-huh <laughs> what's one of the the most meaningful things that you've ever done in your life well just what came to mind uh, so my son has food allergies he's allergic to peanuts and tree nuts and so because of that i got involved with this national organization, FAIR, stands for Food Allergy Research and Education. Mm-hmm. And so maybe about five years ago, they started a project in nine different cities. They were going to have these community education councils. Mm-hmm. So I joined the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. It was really um, eye-opening and just really satisfying, and I became very passionate about it. We decided on to focus on three different tracks. And it was for schools, school-age children, support, and then sending out information to the schools about food allergies. And then there was the restaurant track. And so I kind of was involved in that. And then there was another track. I think it was just for the general public. And so I kind of did this. I put together this booth at a Facebook festival it, during Halloween. Because a lot of these food allergy kids can't eat candy. Mm-hmm. They promote non-edible treats. Mm-hmm. Little toys, stickers, whatnot. Sure. So they call it the teal pumpkin. If you have a, like a teal pumpkin outside, that means you have these non-edible treats. So we passed out information and we told a lot of people about at this booth. And um, so, you know, every month we would get together. We have meetings. We had these goals we had to meet. Mm-hmm. And then sadly, the organization got a new CEO. She didn't want to continue funding. It was almost three years that I was doing it. And, you know, I became very passionate about it. And it was my son actually participated in a clinical trial. Mm -hmm. And he was put on a little bit of peanut dose every day and it gradually increased. So he now has to take a, a peanut. He eats a peanut every day, pretty much for the rest of his life, unless they find a cure. Two times when we were there at the clinic, he needed two EpiPens. This is when they were doing like food challenges. He needed like two EpiPens, you know, uh-huh. IV fluids, like the whole works. So he's like, I don't want to do it again. But, you know, there are kids who die uh, and adults. So it, it's very serious. And a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really know much about food allergies and that it is life-threatening and fatal. Mm-hmm. You know, they just think it's a food intolerance kind of a thing. Yeah. But even for some kids, they're so sensitive even smelling just smelling it or even just touching just a very little bit they can have a reaction yeah that is really serious and it's great that you were able to do that well that's why i had to 
find some other volunteer position. And then I found this take one. This yeah. Birthday. So that, that's taken its place. And that's delicious too. It's, it's, <laughs> so what's your indulgence? Kind of, you know, a way you spoil yourself, but you just enjoy it. I do a lot of online shopping. <laughs> and it's so easy now. You have your cell phone. You know, look. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have any other job in the world. My dream job, which would, you know, it would never happen. But if I could be like... I don't like to be in front of a camera, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't want to talk. But you know those people on the travel channels, and they get sent like all over the world, and they stay in these beautiful hotels and yeah. have all these experiences. Like I just want to do that, but like not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll write about it or do something, you know. But I don't want to be in front of the camera. But yeah, that that would be cool That's to be able cool. to travel and experience all of that. What are your plans for the next ten years? Next twenty years? Um, so, well, what's nice with my job, we can take early retirement at 60. And a lot of the radiologists do. <laughs> so you would have your health benefits covered and, you know, pension. I'd like to get up late every day, <laughs> exercise every day if I could. I'd like to learn Mandarin. It is so hard. But my kids study Mandarin. My husband speaks Cantonese, but he's studied some Mandarin. You know, so, I mean, they talk and I have no idea what's going on. So it would be nice to know something. <laughs> that, that's um, what they're saying. So, so do you have like a, a philosophy that you live by? I just, you know, be happy, be able to laugh, you know, to love. I'm an optimistic person. Mm -hmm. I try and find the good in, in other people and situations if I can. Mm -hmm. You know, life, it just it's just zooming by. So just try and... Be as happy as, as much as you can. You know, something sort of weighing you down, just try and get beyond that if you can. It's all going to be good. So life just zooming you by. How do you feel about turning 50? I don't feel like it. But, like, I never can remember how old I am. You're so young. You know, I, I feel like I could be in my 30s. It's just a number <laughs> that I choose to kind of ignore. <laughs> I'm like... I'm just, I'm still in my 30s. <laughs> Thank you so much for this two-hour meeting that, that ran three. Yeah, no, thank you. It went by really quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of good content. Yeah, exactly. I, know. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Primetime 89. I'd like to thank our guest, Lonnie Lau, for taking the time to talk story with us. I'd also like to thank everyone who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Yoshimitsu, Sean Maskell, Wendy Brown, and Kaylee Aquaro. And a special thank you to Dwayne Andres for the music, and Elizabeth Matson with production and editing. I'm your host, David Matson. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest updates and news on upcoming episodes, and join us again with another classmate on Primetime 89.